Welcome to the Darlow Fans Radio podcast brought to you from the home of the Darling and District Talking newspaper. This week we'll be discussing have Darlow turned the corner or is it just a brief moment of optimism to lure us into a false sense of security? Uh, to help us figure it out, I'm joined by many of the usual suspects. So going right to left around the table here, I'm joined by Craig Stoddard from the Northern Echo. Evening, Stu. Evening, Craig. And by uh, Kev Luff, uh, Darlington Football Club's own media mogul. Evening, Stu. And also by Mike Price as well. Good evening. Afternoon uh, or evening, gentlemen. So there's your first question to start. I've, I've, I've Darlow turned the corner here. How are, we feeling about, how are we feeling about this compared to when you guys sat here and I was away last month? Yeah, you didn't bother last week, last month. I was you, busy. Yeah, I was too depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we depressed this week? Then it's been a strange week, hasn't it? Results, the two back-to-back two twos, strange one. Is it? Are there good results or bad results? You know, last Saturday is a bad one, isn't it? Really, that, that was a bad one. Tuesday is a good result, but the way they came about it was yeah poor. You don't do it. You don't, you don't go turn it up and, and throw it away. Really, no matter if the team's. At the top of the table or the bottom of the table, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that. Um, but ultimately, having said that, it was still a good result by by the end of it. Um, so it turn the cor- turn the corner or a brief moment of optimism in a, in a bleak season. What are you making? It was somewhere in the middle. I, I, I would say. I mean, I wouldn't say we've turned the corner. I mean, if you're saying turn the corner. Does that mean what they're going to go on a 15 game unbeaten and run kind of thing? That'd be a handbrake turn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it depends where you're turning the corner from, doesn't it? Hmm. Oh, very um, cryptic, I've, Kev. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's too cryptic for a Thursday night, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with halfway around the corner and we haven't quite decided yet whether we're going <laughs> to clip the apex or, or spin out terribly. It's, ask, me, ask us again in a month. It, it's better, though, isn't it? Because we could have been yeah. we could have been sitting here this month and I'm sure you guys were... Uh, I wasn't here, obviously, but sitting around the table thinking, Crikey, if, if we have a bad month this month, we're in all sorts of trouble. And certainly points on the board have, have happened this month, which has been wholly welcome. Um, and we're a good number of... League places further up. I, I the think when, as we, well. when we were here last week, was it uh, last time? Sorry, it was before the FC United game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and I think you were right, Stuart. I think everyone was a bit nervous about that one because obviously FC United were right down the bottom, right in the mire. And we thought, Do you know what, if we lose that, we're because we were one point in one place above the drop zone, weren't we? When yeah. that game was due to be played. And I think everyone was a little bit on edge and thankfully we got the result it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination but we got the result and thankfully we followed it up with the Boston game and it's it's sort of sort of I think is the word we're looking for isn't it it's sort of clicked back into some sort of gear it's, it's one defeat in, in six yeah. so things can't be that bad no and with, uh, with a couple of wins in, in there so they've generated some momentum but that would receive a real boost if Darlington were to beat Geisley well to, we'll talk later on about the games coming up but the opportunity is there to maintain that momentum and, and kick on and then we really, really will have turned the corner I think yeah. that's important isn't it We've, we're have we on this run now um, it's important that we keep it going and you know we start mm-hmm. you know if we get 2-0 up in a game the last couple have been frustrating we we keep it, it, that lead and, and get three points whereas at the moment we're turning those threes into ones it, it's, it's weird if we were sat here talking about a Leamington victory which we should have got three points at Leamington and a draw at Bradford Park Avenue. Even if we had gone 2 0 up in that game and conceded the two goals like we had, four points from those two games would have still been a really good, really good horn. We'd be, like Craig says, I think we're, we've done all right this month, but it could have been so much better. Um, I, I left 
Bradford Park happened, you think, yeah, it's a really good point in isolation. But I was so frustrated at the fact that we essentially done it again. You know, it was, uh, yeah, you can't just look at that game in isolation, tell you, you've got to sort of look at it with the Leamington game. One of those good results well. on paper, but if you look behind the yeah. circumstances, it's mm. a slightly different story. Well, before we go before we go any further, let's take a pause then, and let's play back some of the uh, incidents as uh, as heard by the listeners of Dialogue Fans Radio over the last month, um, and then we'll perhaps go over some of our hits and misses in that time as well. On the Darlington left, it's an out swinger comes across, comes in, and it's a goal. Got all the way through. Just trying to see who got it. SC United. Halloran, the captain. Was it O'Halloran? I I believe so, yeah. I think it was Bannister, wasn't it? We'll see. I thought it was the number 11. Some of his colleagues out there on the pitch. Absolutely. Ball gets put into the box for Darlington, and it's tipped over, and it's in! An absolutely... What a ridiculous goal. Saunders has scored, but across into the penalty area, and O'Halloran went up to head it clear, and um, it's hit Saunders on the head. And rebounded back past the goalkeeper. It's pinball. Absolutely bizarre, but hey, that's what he wanted. And the crowd have immediately gone quiet. And all the noise is coming from the far end of the field now. Miles an hour to start off with. But then as tiredness sets in, they do tend to um, slow down a little bit. Oh, and the centre-half making a mistake there. And Harvey Saunders got it. And it's going to go to goal for Harvey Saunders. You've been... You have that's his second goal of the game, and again a bizarre goal, and yet again the home goalkeeper has a large part to do with them there. Oh, a lovely dummy there from Trotman. Pulls two United players. He plays it infield, but he plays it short for Wheatley, and he's off. He could be off here. He is. Oh. The player done for simulation in the first half has caught Joe Wheatley with what, in, in all honesty, I would say was a foul. I've got to be honest, I'm not sure that was worthy of a second yellow card, but the afternoon is going from bad for worse from FC United. Cautioned in the first half for simulation, he's now caught Joe Wheatley slightly late, and FC United are down to 10 men, leaving themselves with a mountain to climb. There was just poor ball by Wheatley there. And you've not said that many times. And he's kicked it over the top to try and find the number nine, and luckily there was too much on it. And the number nine's just put the ball in the net. He could be in trouble. He's off as well. But he's just pushed it. to nine men. And now number nine has been sent off. The goalkeeper has looked to release the ball. And the centre forwards ran across him. Lifted his his foot at the um, goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper has got the free kick a local fan has just given me the ultimate accolade by saying that this referee is even worse than what I was so he must be bad Henshaw fires one forward trying to get Saunders away Saunders tries to uh, take a first touch and does so very successfully trying to get around the outside of his man just going to the byline puts the crossover oh Ainge it's in it's gone in Ainge has slid in hit the post it's bounced back off the defender and gone in 1-0 Absolutely fantastic stuff there from Darlington and very well done from Harvey Saunders. He loses the ball from the defender, shows a great bit of uh, persistence to actually win it back. Beautiful cross in, bit of luck from Ainge, but it bounced back off the post, but it goes in. Fantastic start from Darlington. 
bit of a wrestling match going on at the edge of the box, but uh, it comes back down into Boston Terry. That's a hell of a strong tackle by Wheatley. Oh, oh that's a late one. That's a bad one, and it's uh, Nicholson who's been uh, caught by that one, and that's late. Let's see what the referee's going to do, because it's uh, in danger of boiling over a little bit at the moment, isn't it? Got about 21 men around the uh, referee here. I mean, both men slid in for the ball, didn't they, there? But Nicholson got there first, and then it was, uh, it was late. The challenge, I think it was number five, Ben Middleton, who was involved just a little earlier. And the question for the referee is, is that reckless and dangerous or not? The Boston goalkeeper coming all the way out of his box to uh, argue with the referee here. It's a red card. It's a red card. Ben Middleton, the referee, has judged it was reckless and dangerous. Nicholson slid in. He definitely got to the ball first. And Middleton's, uh, Middleton's got to Nicholson after that. And the referee says, reckless, dangerous conduct. Off you go. For his early buff there. Boston do well, but Nicholson's intercepted it. Nicholson's put Saunders away. Saunders on side. Can he get there before the goalkeeper? Oh! oh and the goalkeeper's absolutely cleaned him out there. Harvey Saunders is writhing on the ground. He's, uh, he's came out to try and stop Saunders and he's just cut him in half and I think it's going to be a red card for the goalkeeper Willis. It is indeed, Mr Brown says that's a red card. Saunders needs to get himself out of, out of danger there because he's incensed by the challenge. Fortunately he's got back up, he just needs to calm down here Harvey Saunders. He's incensed by that challenge, I mean Willis has snapped him in half to be honest. He's Right, so there you go. So there's some of the memories of this last month. And while you were listening to that, we've just been trying to recall a game that actually nobody here can even remember, including Craig Stoddart, who had to go back to the Northern Echo website and read his own match report because he couldn't remember a single element of it. And that was the first game of this month, which was Stockport nil. Uh, it wasn't, it was Darlington nil, Stockport won, more like it. And to be honest, that was coming the week after the Cup game, wasn't it? And, and really, rather, like, nothing happened in the whole game. That's why we can't remember it. But at least you know you were there, Craig, anyway. What do you remember about it? Well, according to the North Nickel website, Craig Stoddard, which is me, um, <laughs> wrote that Darlington's dreadful form continues, there were boos at full-time, supporters' patience is beginning to wear thin. I mean, I assume this is correct. Um, I... No recollection at all. Or, Might be yeah, fake maybe, news. yeah. And the Northern Echo started hiring ghostwriters, perhaps. I think, yeah, the game doesn't last, hasn't stuck it in the memory at all. It was only a month ago. Um, don't think we did we play particularly badly. I can't remember. I think, I think we were in a bit, weren't we? Where yeah. it, we were just sort of playing, or oh, like, uh, all right, you know, we weren't getting dominated, but we were conceding goals like we did in the FA Cup the week before, and we were just not looking like scoring. We could have played all night against Stockport. We weren't going to score. I think that's my recollection that you were in the tin shed, Mike. Weren't yeah, you? I was in the tin shed for this one just for a change, um, uh, which meant I got to use some of the language I don't normally get to use on air, which was nice, particularly when we conceded the goal. It was a bit scrappy, um, and yeah, I think. You're spot on when you say we could have played that game all night and, and not got an equaliser. Um, it was, to be fair to Craig, a very forgettable, uh, forgettable fixture, and um, you know, obviously it's our it's our last defeat, which we'll we'll come to in a minute. But uh, yeah, you had if I requests? hadn't been there, I might have forgotten about it too. You had well, any requests, Kev, to do the like the release on DVD, the full uh, match highlights? No, I don't think so. While Craig was trying to scour his memory of whether he was at that game, I quickly looked at the YouTube homepage. And I noticed that the, the views for Stockport County at home was something like 870-something. And the views for the next game I filmed, which was the game against Halifax under-19s, our academy game, got, got only 100 views less, so that tells you everything, doesn't it, really? <laughs> it does. It does. Not even sure the league wanted a copy of the full game, did they? Well, yeah. 
Yeah, let's move on. Well, let's look on the bright side. <laughs> let's look on the bright side because those performances where we never looked like scoring at all seem do seem like a long way away. We've you know yes. for a little bit of context, we were we were we had a terrible run. We were all feeling a bit upset about things last month, but since then that's four games unbeaten, and we're going to I'm sure talk about games that we could have won in there as well and didn't. But it's still a big step forward from where we were then. So let's celebrate that. Definitely, yep. glass yeah. is a lot fuller than it was a month ago. I mean, there's, there's seven goals now we've scored in the last uh, one, two, four games. Yeah, seven goals in the last four games, which that's not to be sniffed at, is it really? And uh, considering where we were, because we were going through a phase where we just didn't look like we were going to score, were we? Um, so, yeah, like you say, that that is a positive. FC United Manchester, the game, we needed to win. Yes. That, didn't we, really? I think, as you said earlier, we were one point off the drop zone. I think we might have even played a game more at that stage if I don't, mm. if I'm not, my memory's not making tricks with no, me I think you might be right. they were yeah. they were right bottom um so put put another way that was a, that was as close to a must win as, as you can get but we came up with the, the points yes um i mean uh, the performance wasn't great against fc united but like you say it was the result more than anything which which was more important and thankfully we got it um i think it was it harvey saunders scored both of them um, yeah, they they took the lead actually, FC United, if I recall correctly, and it was sort of like a, you thought, oh dear, you know, here we go again. We're not scoring goals. We're one 0 behind. Um, you know, we we really are in the brown stuff, so to speak. But in fairness, we we got a bit of luck with the uh, the equaliser, I think, because the cross yeah. looped in. Didn't it? In Did, fairness, I thought ha- it was a good header. Ha- ha- no, what I mean is that. The, the way the cross looped in the box, yeah. that was that was definitely fortunate. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think Harvey knew where he wanted to put that header. And he, he got no credit brilliant. for it, did he? No, no, he didn't. It's only when I watched it back that I thought, actually, you've meant that. But, yeah, we did get a bit of luck when the, the initial cross came in. Because uh, it hit off their defender, didn't it? And then it bounced straight across to Harvey and he, he buried it in the back of the net. And then we got the second goal was after the... After the break, wasn't it? It yeah. was, was Saunders again, wasn't yeah. he? Chasing down the, the defender. Yeah, yeah, one in each half. Yes, that's right. Um, it's classic Saunders, that, isn't it? Saunders' characteristics yes. come to the fore there. Saunders all over. Doesn't give up, closes the pressure, uh, closes the defender down, puts him under yeah. pressure and gets a goal out of it from, from nowhere, really. So mm. that's classic Harvey and Saunders. After that, we, we got 2-1 up. Then you think, right, we're in, a, we're in a position now to maybe go on and kick on. Um, but the game kind of got a bit daft after that it, it seemed to spiral a little bit out of control and yeah it was two teams who I think were right up against it at the time but thankfully we came out on top and we I think we took a bit of confidence from that because yeah. obviously we went on and got the result against Boston I thought that was a really good performance actually against Boston yeah yeah well Mike Tommy had said anything we could do with a bit of luck actually we'd had mm. a run where we hadn't had a lot of luck mm. but that game against FC United they had a number of players out didn't they they were, they were on bare balls yeah. and then of course they had the mistakes that they made for the sendings off as well Yeah. so maybe that just sh- something shone on us on that day that yeah. allowed us to get that win over the line and then as you say the week after was, was Boston at, at home which was a, a good performance mm. yeah. yeah I think cynics would say you know both of those, both of the wins uh, that we've had in the last few weeks have come against nine men. I mean, certainly both teams finished with nine men, but an optimist, and just for a change, I'm going to be one, would argue that we were winning those games 11 v 11. So, you know, maybe we could have put the games to bed 11 v 9 a little better than we did, but ultimately, three points is three points. Doesn't matter how many goals you score, how many games you, or how many players you finish the match against. We got three points out of those games, and that's what we needed. And uh, yeah, we needed a bit of luck. You know, we got. We finished the game against nine men. 
and you know we got I don't think the goals were born of luck they were born of hard work as certainly the second one and uh, it we got what we needed out of those games and we're on this little run now absolutely and then and then next up was I don't know you, you guys were at this one Leamington yeah two all Leamington all going all going pretty well that day so you sort of celebrate the celebrate the start don't you but then the wheels came off a little bit we, after we played for about 65 minutes we played really really well against Leamington um you know, there was a period during that game where every time we looked, we came involved, we looked like we might score. And I was talking to their camera lads before the game, and they, they said, we just cannot score at the moment. We're in a, you know, a similar run to what we were before FC United. They just didn't know where the next run, where the next win was coming from. And, you know, you get yourself 2 little up in that game. Uh, they get a man rightly sent off. Uh, I didn't think it was a red card at the time, but then when I watched it back at half-time, I thought, yeah, he's, he's gone in for him now. You know, you get two little up against a team who's struggling. I think you've got every right to feel like you should be winning that game at that point. And then we concede a daft penalty. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Tomo's doing for that penalty. I really don't. Well, um, we love Tomo, don't we? we yeah. And we're always giving him plaudits. <laughs> but he was like trying to flap his arms like yeah. an albatross or something. There, wasn't he? I'm not sure what what that one was. Is he trying to disguise the handball? Try to pretend he came he, off his he, top of his arm. He, he's trying to do it, thinking the referees to his left. So if he if he stops the ball. With his right arm, right shoulder, he might get away with it, but he's obviously not clearly. It's, everyone can see it, it's handball. Yeah, he's, he's dropped one there, hasn't he? Yeah, bit, bit he, of an error there. he came out and said, to his credit, he yeah, came out and yeah. accepted it straight after, and he knows. And, he, and as I say, he, he doesn't he doesn't owe anything around here. We're all we're all big fans. No, Tom, Tom will never shies away from stuff like that. He'll hold his hands up. But unfortunately, it left the door open a little bit for Leamington, and then inevitably they went and kicked it through and got the equaliser. And annoyingly, we're hanging on a little bit near the end. Um, but I think earlier in that game when we were tuning up in the second half we had a header from Harvey Saunders which he did everything right in fairness he got the header down on target I think nine times out of the ten that goes in the back of the net but their keeper pulls off a great save and I think that's maybe where he turned a little bit for us um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too critical of Harvey because it was no, on no, target it's, wasn't it's it? a good header Yeah, it's a good, it was, header. good header downwards header on target I mean can't be too critical no. I'm not saying you were I've seen other people say yeah. Harvey should have scored well I think he, he did everything right. Yeah, so I'm not being too critical there. I, I do think I'm not sure if it should have been a red card though for the Leamington player. I've watched it back today. For me, it's just a strong challenge. Ball's there to be won. Like you know, loose ball, uh, midfield. Uh, um, I, don't know. I think it's a red card, you know. Well, I think you're wrong, Kev. Right, okay. You need to have a look at yourself. We're going to disagree. Ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> no, I, I can't remember. What I would say though is the week before. Uh, so first of all, FC United of Manchester. If we're going to go and look at other people's red cards, I thought the first one was the second one wasn't. The lad, the yeah, lad for the foul on Madison, I don't even know what the reminds us no. put his flag up there. So he was on un, unduly red card, I think. The two at Boston, we watched back at the time, didn't we? And they were Abs- both, they were both absolute no question about either of those. Clear I couldn't believe their manager afterwards came out and said he didn't understand why their keeper was sent off. And I thought, <laughs> well, you watch the footage back, and he absolutely plows into Harvey Saunders. And I think, what, what was this excuse that there was somebody on the line? Something like that. There was yeah. Maybe about ten seconds later. The line. Apparently, a, a week or two earlier, Boston played uh, Kidderminster, who have uh, the forward, which is for Chambers. Ashley, is it Ashley Chambers? The forward? Yes. Uh, uh, he raced through like Harvey did and rounded the keeper. Mm. So this time around the keeper, maybe, this is just speculation, maybe this time around the keeper's thinking, I'm not having that happen again. I'm, making, I'm, getting, no. the, I'm getting the ball, but I'm definitely getting the man. Mm. I'm getting the, and that's what he's done. He's made sure he's got Harvey clean him out, red card. I mean, we shouldn't even discuss it now. It's obviously a red card. But then Livington. <laughs> but it, but it, it oh. wasn't, uh, sorry to go back to the Boston one, it wasn't just a foul. 
it's actually a bad challenge, full stop, because mm. he goes in properly on Harvey's leg. And, I mean, Harvey's lucky to be able to hobble away from that without any sort of serious injury. It's an absolutely appalling challenge. It's a good job he was hobbling, Mike, because he's going to go and lamp him if he yeah, wasn't, if he got yeah. him out there. Right, so do you know what? Well. I'm, I'm not... I would never condone a player, you know, sort of doing what sort of Harvey did, because he, he did have to be pulled away at one stage. But he's got every right to be a bit knocked with that, because that, that goalkeeper's gone in to hurt him. Absolutely. Clear, I mean, clear as day red card, first of all. Potential leg breaker second I mean yeah I again I'm, I'm with Kev on this one I don't I wouldn't condone that kind of that kind of reaction but I could understand it yeah. it wasn't I, it was one of those where you watch it back on the highlands and you actually sort of wince mm. flinch away from the screen like ouch yeah and then so the Leamington one I'll have to go back and look at the Leamington one Craig yeah, I'll, uh... yeah anyone who's not seen the highlights yet I would go back to them and they will, once they've seen them they will agree with wholeheartedly with me and disagree with Kevin Lutz. <laughs> um, it's not a red card. Mr. Ruffey's made a mistake. Um, and I'm quite sure once the Leamington lodge my comments with the FA, the appeal will be upheld. I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of swear your, swear your comments do. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I will say that I haven't seen it back as recently as Craig did, but I was actually on Kev's side with this one. So. Outrageous. Yeah. At Dalo Fans Radio on Twitter, if you've got a view. Yeah, and I can't remember it, but I'm terribly biased, so I'd have probably thought it was red as well. So you're outnumbered on that one. <laughs> and then after that uh, was just this week, midweek, Bradford Park yeah. Avenue. Good number of Dalo fans went down, 250 or 300 maybe, going down, making a, a good bit of noise. Uh, I wasn't there myself personally, but apparently, and you guys can educate me on it, the first 20 minutes or even the first half was some of the best football we've played in many a long, many yeah. a long day. Played well. Again, uh, get ourselves tuning up. I think there's a goal of the season contender in there yeah. as well. Um, even Nicholson's second goal, I know he gets a bit of luck in the sort of build up the ball, does bounce off a defender. But that's a heck of a finish as well. He properly sticks that in the bottom corner. Um, yeah, and it kind of, I don't want to say it went off the rails because Bradford Park Avenue are a different proposition to what Leamington are. I think they'll be up there come the end of the season. They're clearly a decent side. Um, again, we give them we give them a soft goal on the way back into the game, and like I said, against Leamington, we we kind of leave the door open a little bit for it, and they go and push their way right through it. The annoying thing is, you know, it's sort of in that twenty minute period before sort of half time. You use the term sort of game management, don't you? Manage the game a little bit better, which I don't think we did at that bit, that point. But annoyingly, the second half, I actually thought we managed the game quite well. You know, we didn't really give them too many clear cut chances. In fact, I think we may, may have even had the better chances in that second half. Yeah, yeah, it's something Tommy touched on after the game, talking about game management. Mm. Uh, it's easy, easy to say now in hindsight, but clearly when you tune it up, just kill the game for five or ten minutes. Yeah. If you don't, you don't have to be attacking. If you if you've got the ball in midfield, pass it sideways. You keep possession. Yeah. Whereas if you watch the highlights back, you'll see a Dalton player loses possession in midfield because he's looking for a, pol- a forward pass. Dallies yeah. on the ball. Dispossessed and ten seconds later of Dalton have conceded. Yeah, and you know. I, I, I know you're right to pull off that bit. You're right that that did is where the goal came from ultimately. But the same time, I, I still think there's two or three phases of play later on yeah, in that move. After that, yeah, where we should be doing better. You know, we, a we should yeah. be stopping the cross, and b we've got enough players back that when the cross does come in, someone needs to get tighter on Ollie Johnson at the far post. Nobody's really within about three or four yards and he's got a relatively easy header hasn't he yeah it's him both goals down had enough players behind the ball and what if everybody had back as they're supposed to and the second one a Dalton player's made the wrong decision and, and tried to mark the wrong player and 
left a free man and that free man uh sorry, the first goal the first yes. goal uh, the free man uh, got a header in for the first goal uh, and the second one was a, a counter attack but by the time Bradford got anywhere near Downton's box Downton had everybody back and mm. they should have been able to keep that one out so um, I mean Tommy has mentioned before he'd rather win a game 3-2 or 4-3 than 1-0 to get that but if you have that approach that they're playing it's going to cost you occasionally mm. and I think that's what it, it, it's frustrating because you know a few weeks ago we were sort of stopping the goals to a certain extent I think it had hobbled our ability going forward a little bit right. but we had sort of stopped chipping two or three goals a game you know it was back down to one goal a game and if you look at the rest of the league table everyone's sort of shipping goals really it's that sort of division at the moment there's only Charlie who have kept single digit you know goals in their against column so everyone's shipping goals to an extent so if you keep it sort of one nil you know one goal a game you've always got a chance but we've been doing sort of two three goals a game that makes it even harder so we sort of sorted that little bit. Inevitably, it was when uh, Liam Hughes went into defence. We seemed to sort ourselves out a little bit in that regard, but then stopped storming goals at the other end. Now we seem to be scoring goals at the other end, but we seem to be shipping them a little bit again. So we just seem to be struggling to get the, the balance a little bit right, don't we? Yeah, before we move on, we'll have to give credit to Stephen Thompson because I know he missed the penalty. He apparently saved, shall we say. He wasn't I thought he had it. a decent game yeah. before that. Well, he set up the second goal yes. for Nicholson, so that needs to go well, on he, record. He set the first one away, well, he stuck his head around. Yeah, he got, he got the head in, and then the first one, sorry, the second goal, ran the ball, ran down the right hand side, mm. played it into Nicholson. It's a shame about his penalty because he normally blasts them. He normally hits the smashes. Dad didn't think his penalty was all that bad. No, I wasn't no, bad. I had it down as a good save. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good save, but he normally just smashes them down the middle somewhere. Well, anyway, down and a uh, bit of a shame, but didn't lose, so could have been worse. No, no, it's like you say, if, if we go to the guys again, which we'll obviously do a little bit later on, if we go to that one, we get three points, then yeah, it's it's not mm. a bad. Yeah. We sort of have turned the corner a little bit, then I think. Yeah. But so, we, so, what's the word then? Is the question for you to think about the month that we just had with those five games since the last podcast? What's the, what's the one word that you would use that to, to kind of. Give a summary of, of what that what we call that month. What do we what's the word? I go I'd say satisfied, I think. Ten from fifteen is a pretty decent turnaround. Fair enough. Satisfied, Kev. Mm, frustrated. Oh, okay. Mm, a little bit. Frustrated, okay. No, I'll, I'll say I'll say it was decent. It was a decent month, wasn't it? I think on the on the whole. Could have been better. Could have been could have mm. been better, but compared to what it had been previously, uh, I think we have to be pleased with the progress that has been made um, so yeah satisfied with that one ticky pick satisfied decent very good yeah I'd take either. I think relief I think is the word I'd mm. say compared to where we were last month I, I mean, mean yeah I, I, I take Kev's frustration obviously you know we've had these games where we've snatched draws from the jaws of victory but you know a month two months ago would we even have been in that position probably I'm, not I'm, pr- I'm probably like you guys I probably am more Less frustrated than probably maybe what I am trying to make out, but I just think it could have been a lot better. You know, if you, if you get the, the three points against Lebanon, which we should have, then it's that's looking, you know, a really good little run of, uh, run of games we've had there. Yeah, it's maybe progress as well, isn't it? I mean, we, we're playing well in parts of games now. You know, we yeah, played yeah. very well at Leamington for a spell. We played very well at Bradford for a spell. Whereas the month before, you're looking at whole games and I didn't think there was very many spells no. we were playing very well. I, I, I think we we are an inconsistent team. The league table sort of bears that out. We're, we're right in that middle fold, aren't we? Uh, which suggests a certain level of inconsistency where 
before the Stockport game, uh, sorry, before the FC United game, we we weren't we weren't inconsistent. We were consistently poor. So you're right. We have improved to an extent. So one of the things that happened this month that we haven't even mentioned yet, which I'm really surprised about, is of course Reece Dyche. Exactly. Well done. Chris. Well done. That was, almost, that, was, that, was, that was almost too good to be true. So Reece Dyche, obviously, massive uh, presence. Let's say around the club. What do you make of Reece Dyche's departure and and how that leaves us now? Who wants it, to go first? Well, <laughs> yeah, there's lots to it. I mean, it might work out for the best for the team. Um, it's early, early days yet, but it now means that Harvey and Sam Nange are the two strikers up front, and they have now got an opportunity to become the, the strike partnership, and it could work out for the best, because Harvey will get a run, Sam Nange will, will obviously will get a run, he's a bit of a stop start, start to the season, in the back in defence for a little bit. So it might turn out for the best, but it's it's a shame it's come to it to this because when he's on his game, when on top of his game, he clearly is an asset. He scored so many goals. I forget the title, uh, the stats now. Roughly, yeah. Clearly, you don't have to say much more than that. Clearly, he's an asset at this level. Scored goals. Um, he wasn't the player of the month just before he left because he had a, a bad run of seven or eight games where he wasn't scoring and uh, and he wasn't. He was getting chances as well. That's the thing. Um, he wasn't taking them. He was, he was making the wrong decision. Not passing what he should have done. Not even getting shots on target, which he really should have been doing. Um, so he wasn't flavour of the month at the end. But overall, he did a great job for Dalton. Everyone's very pleased. But it might work out the best for all parties. Dalton have got a transfer fee. Harvey and Simon Ainge get a run up front. And he's now restarted now players for a club closer at home. So uh, you never know. It might be all best for everybody. Feels that way. Can you think of anyone, Mike, in in a year, or was he even? He wasn't even here a year, was he? Who, who created more headlines in in a year than Reece Dyche? Certainly had impacts, didn't he? Um, you know, aside from the goals, obviously, you could you could argue perhaps that last year he played the biggest part in our form turnaround. Probably kept us up with the goals he was getting. Um, and then there was the things that sort of the dive into snow against Chorley that ultimately won us the twenty thousand pound marathon bet prize and the friendly against the Premier League legends. Um, not to obviously um, play down the people who made that giant snowdrift room to jump into in the first place, because you know team effort and everything. But uh, yeah, he he was a massive player for the club, um, and as Craig says, maybe not quite flavour of the month by the end of it because he was off form a little bit, missing missing easy chances. Um, but on form, he can be completely unplayable, and I think Alfred have got themselves a great player. We've got ourselves, um, you know, a decent transfer fee, apparently more than we paid for him. And, uh, you know, like Craig said, closer to home, everyone's a winner. The one slight concern maybe I do have is that it leaves us with just Harvey and Simon as strikers, really. So if one of them was to get injured, we're a bit short on bodies up front. Potential maybe to try the size just behind a striker tactic again if it comes to it. Or maybe we bring in a third striker on loan, but then somebody sending us a striker on loan, they're going to be wanting them to get games and... You can't really drop Simon or Harvey at the moment because the pair of them have played together really well um, since Stice left. So, so Kev, if, Tough one. if you were Tommy and Stice was still at the club, would he be in, would he be starting? Um, no, no. He he he'd been out of form, hadn't he? Really, um, I think since the the Bradford Park Avenue Cup game, I think really maybe even before then, maybe, maybe even before that. Um, I think it's like Craig says, it's a pity that. 
you know, his last few games, the club sort of cloud people's opinion of him, which I think they do when you look around on Twitter, because he did the business more times than he didn't in a Darlow shirt. So it is it is a pity that people sort of take those last few games and maybe cloud their view of him, because I thought he was a good player. Um, I think on paper we're on paper we're a weaker team without him. Um, but like Craig says, it might work out for the best. We've now got only two forwards, which I think that was half the problem before. We were trying to shoot on three forwards into a system where I'd, I'd, I don't think we we play well with three forwards up front. I don't think we ever have. Well, it hadn't um, really worked at the start of the season. Simon Ainge and yeah, we, we say hadn't really clicked no, yet. No. So th- that problem has been solved by getting yeah, rid of them, which wasn't really in the plan. That wasn't what was supposed to happen. But um, and Like you say, Gibbs Harvey Saunders now an opportunity. And it looks yeah. like he's taking it with both hands, doesn't he? Well, we look like a better team with with Harvey up there. You know, looking yeah. at it that way. Maybe if we had the uh, stage from last season, that you, Mike rightly says do, deserves all credit for the effort he put into helping us stay up. But immediately, as soon as he was not playing, and I think we saw that in the Telford game uh, months ago in the season when he was away on international duty, and we won three 0 at home with Saunders up front. For me, partly because maybe Harvey offers a bit more mobility. Um, and combined with the form that Stice was in, I just think we're a better. T- we became a better team with him not there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, well. The stats say that, don't they? Ultimately, I think uh, we'll find that over the course of the season, really. And it, but, I mean, Tommy, going back to the start, Tommy did say when he signed to be Stice, he will be a cult hero, and he was spot on with that, really, because he he did become a cult hero, for, forgetting the last month or two, he did so much for the club, so we can be grateful for that, but. Like you say, Stu, I think Downton probably a better team uh, without him. Um, we'll see what happens over the next week, few weeks and months. So here's a question for you, Kev, that I noticed, and I saw a few people on social media talking about it afterwards. In the immediate game after his departure, was there a single player who was interviewed who did not describe the performance in the 1-0 home win as a better team performance or a more complete team performance? Uh, or, or Are we reading something into that? There, there, was, there was some interesting comments by Stephen Thompson when I spoke to him after the game. I don't know whether that was... Anything to do with the departure of Stash, you can make of it what you want. Um, I, I'm not going to get drawn on that because. No, Kev, I'm going to draw you on it, Kev. I want more. I want answers, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> well, the what? answers are there. The answers are there. Every single player I, said I, it. I think it's how you want to interpret it. It's, it's entirely up to you. If you want to read something into those comments, you can do. Um, I, mean, I mean, we are in the gesture room, so we can only. No, but we, we're, we can... we're in a position where we may be here more than the average fan. Yeah. Even. Yeah. So, uh, I've. I've yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say some of the stuff. I've heard certain things and I'm, I'm not going to mention mention them here, so I don't think it's right to. I'm sure other people will have and it's up to them if they want to discuss them. That's a very corporate answer, isn't it? I, I, I was very just asking you that. I'll tell you what, yeah, you said more there by not saying anything. Cheers for that, But anyway, I, I noticed it anyway because I looked at all the interviews afterwards and everybody on, on, on tape, I was going to say, you don't use tape anymore, I'm sure my age there, but <laughs> everyone on the on the recorded interviews afterwards mentioned it. So I, I personally read something into that, Mike, whether there's something there or not. And, and frankly, nobody tells me anything, so I don't know anything other than what I saw on the YouTube. But uh, a few people... Mentioned that, but you, 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 you know, all credit to Reece Dice to be honest, because as you say, we 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 needed somebody oh, yeah. last season, didn't we? Yeah. We needed somebody. There's he no, came there's in no and, questioning his contribution to the club yeah. over the last year. Um, and he'll not, he'll not be forgotten, will he? You know, no, he's only here less than a no. year, but he'll be remembered for all sorts of different reasons for that time. I think last season when he came in, we he came in, he started scoring goals. We weren't necessarily winning games, 
because I, th I think we were still sort of putting the pieces together, as it were. But the fact that you started scoring goals, and I think you gave everyone a bit a bit of hope that you know we weren't going to be drawn into it, and that some at some point in time it would all sort itself out. And I think that's what that's what you did. You gave everyone a little bit of hope, and it gave Tommy Allen enough time to sort of put all the pieces in place and eventually we got out with it. And I think it's an absolute certainty he'll go and score goals in the next couple of months. Oh, no question. He, yeah, he, yeah. he does that everywhere he goes, doesn't yeah, he? Always, yeah. He always gets off and, and starts scoring goals. Uh, with with Steich gone, thinking about players who remain, any candidates, uh, any other candidates for Player of the Month who have a better shout than Harvey Saunders? Um, it's going to be a quiet bit of the podcast, this, isn't it? Hmm. Maybe Jordan Nicholson. I think he's started to come into his own yeah. a little bit the last few games. Uh, I think we're starting to see more of what he's about. Yeah, his first goal against Park Avenue was mm. was exceptional. Um, but I think player of the season, uh, player, player of the season, player of the month is definitely Harvey Saunders. That might be a definitely. might be a prediction you just made there, Kev. <laughs> Freudian uh, slip or not? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, any, any. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Harvey for me. Craig, any other, any yeah, other I mean, thoughts? I mean, we can, we can, we can name check uh, Liam Hughes and yeah. John Nicholson uh, and Luke Trotman. By the way, he's had, yeah. he's had his moments. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's not mess around with Harvey Saunders. He can move on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. You're right. Some some good performances as well, but I think that's been the standout, the standout player of of this month. And I think because it wasn't so needed as yeah. well, wasn't it? We so needed the extra energy up there. We so needed someone to give defenders a headache. And, and do all the tireless running that he, that he tends to do. So long, long may that continue. And I'll, I think if he carries on progressing like that, he's he's got a good, bright future. I'll, ahead I was of him. literally going to say, I mean, how many goals has he scored now before five, Christmas? Five, five before yeah. Christmas. I tell you what, if he goes and bangs in another five before Christmas, which is realistic proposition, yeah. someone will be having a look at him. Guarantee you, yeah, someone will be having a look at him. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, isn't it? Maybe for another podcast yeah. now. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, he's going to be. He was. He, was at, uh, he had some time at Barnsley, didn't mm. he? I think during the summer, and I, yeah. I've seen a, um, a, a physical development in him since then. Uh, another Motherwell coaching staff were uh, impressed with what they saw in the pre-season friendly beforehand, and he's starting to look as if he's developing into a very tidy attacker to me. He's, he's combined Definitely. all his attributes before, hasn't he? Where his work effort, his uh, desire to hunt down lost causes, he's combined all of that with, I think, a little bit more nous now. Yeah, but his movement, his yeah. positioning's gotten a lot better. And but, he's but getting I think better positions now, he looks more lethal. I mean, his finish against Lambington was excellent, yeah. I thought. The, the, the movement you referred to, I think Tommy has to take a lot of the credit there. Tommy does a lot of work with him. Uh, and Harvey's keen to do it. He, yeah. he's, he's enthusiastic and wants to, wants to learn. And he's always asking Tommy questions, apparently. And, and Tommy takes it one side and works on him after training sessions constantly, and we're now seeing the the, the results of that because because his movement is, is much better. I mean, I, I'm speaking to Stephen Thompson after a game recently, and to be kind, I think Stephen said something about Harvey um, played the ball to his feet, and that's not his game, which is another way of saying he's not he's not very good with the ball at his feet, which is kind of as a striker, it's a little bit unusual, but. Uh, you know what he means by that. He's not being critical. His strengths are, are being quick in the right place at the right right time, and he's extraordinarily quick. By the way, um, Tuesday night, Bradford, Bradford away, um, Bradford went on the counter attack down down the left hand side, um, and Harvey left a couple of his own teammates for dead when he raced back from the striker position. He raced back on the left channel. Overtook some of his own players to get to where he needed to be. Mm. Um, he's incredibly quick. 
So that's clearly an asset and combine that with his better movement now and a bit of a cooler head, as you say, the finish at Leamington. Yeah. Um he's he's getting into more dangerous positions now, I noticed. Um you know the Leamington game he popped up at the right place at the right time. I don't think you would have done that a year ago. Possibly not, no, possibly not. And he's a bit bigger now as well. He's yep. spent a bit of time. Yeah. Um I think he works with Mark Davison, I think his name is, it has done anyway. I don't know if that's still the scenario now, but he had his shirt off very proudly after the FC United game. Came in the, do you remember he came in the tunnel after the game for, for the interview with his towel yes, around that's his, right, yes. yes. I think he thought he was He-Man or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> a reference, so, reference for the kids there. Um, it's obviously left an impression, Craig. <laughs> but clearly, I mean, we could have waited. We, we, me and Kev and, and Ray, we could have waited th- two or three minutes. It wasn't... He didn't need to be on Sky with Jeff Reeves now. I mean, we can, we can actually wait. Then he comes, he comes striding out in the changing room with a towel around you. You know, just to say, look at me. Put it away, Harvey. Put it away. I'll tell you what, you're going to be laughing now. It's at, it'll be half past seven on Saturday. What are you waiting for him now? I'll tell you, honest, full tuxedo on, hair done. I'll tell you what, I, I was straight down the gym on Monday. It made me feel guilty, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. No, I think Harvey gets the nod for us all, and and you're right, Liam Hughes as well. I mean, uh, there's yeah. there's uh, nothing more enjoyable than much than than Liam Hughes snuffing out a, a counter attack and then playing a fifty yard yeah. ball onto a sixpence. He's made which that he position does, which his he own many times a game. And, exactly. And, and Craig mentioned Luke Trotman there, and since I've been tracking this stat all season, since Johnny Madison missed the game against Bradford Park Avenue, he's now the only player to play every minute of every game, outfield or otherwise. Is that good, right? good yeah. start, I did good not know start. that. Yeah. Yep, every yeah. single minute. Elliot's uh, came off twice, hasn't he? He's played every game, but yeah. came off twice. Uh, I think they're the only two to start every game yeah. now. But Elliot's been subbed you, off. You, you mentioned Madison there; he's a replacement on Tuesday night. Yeah. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, Craig. yeah, he had a good game. And he had nothing to do until he had to pick the ball. Up no, net but he, he, he caught everything. He punched yeah. everything that came as well. I thought his distribution Just, was was yeah, very good for a, for a player who effectively pitched up. I don't know an hour before the game. Never trained with any of the lads before. Thought he looked really good. Yeah, he's only eighteen, I think, isn't he? Yeah. As well, mm. so for a young lad, Middlesbrough, okay. isn't he? He's come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we shouldn't. I mean, I don't like to bang on too much about young kids putting pressure on them and people expecting them to be, especially giving in mind, bearing in mind the goalkeeper Dalton had last season on on loan from Middlesbrough. But from what we saw on Tuesday, they did very well. So yeah. hopefully, we'll see more of the same. Mm. Very good, very good. So that was uh, that's where we think we got to for last month. Uh, I guess we should start to turn our attentions to the month of November, which starts for us at home to Geisley on Saturday. And as usual, uh, in order to take us through uh, how the month ahead might look in the National League North, and particularly with the Darlington hat on, we'll go over to Simon Hahn, who will bring us uh, some information on what we can expect to come. We go into November on the back of a very productive uh, October. We started the month just outside the relegation zone, and we've managed to go unbeaten for the month. Two wins, two draws. It could have been a lot better, obviously, the last two games have been 2 0 up and haven't been able to convert them to three points. But still, it's been a very good month for ourselves. I think most fans would have taken eight points out of 12 at the start of the month. Like October, November's going to be quite a quiet month. We're only going to have three, possibly four games maximum, which is based on the FA Cup and FA Trophy having a large presence in this month. Um, currently, we only have two fixtures which are actually confirmed, both at Blackwell Meadows on the 3rd this weekend against Geisley and on the 17th against Hereford. The other game we're going to have is on the 24th. We're going to be in the FA Trophy, but as yet that draw hasn't been made. 
and the Saturday in between the 10th, we were due to play a league leaders Charlie away, which actually wouldn't have been a bad time to play them considering I've lost the last couple of games. But they're still in the FA Cup um, first round when they play, I think it's Cambridge United. So um, this coming Saturday, we play Geisley, who are... They've one of the teams with the best or one of the better defensive records in the division. Um, I think it's joint fourth best at the moment. But while they haven't lost that many games, they've drawn the most in the division. They've drawn six of their first, uh, 14 games so far, so which is why they're sat mid-table, just one place above us. Um, but they've had some very up-and-down results. They've been, they haven't been very consistent recently. They picked up an impressive win against Brackley and a draw with Kidderminster, which are two, two of the best teams in the division. But then on Tuesday this week, they lost 3-1 at home to Blythe. As obviously, um, Blythe have struggled for most of the season. There's certainly no reason why we can't go into this game on the back of a good October. And there's no reason why we should be scared of him. We've shown in the last couple of games, we can create chances and we can score. It's just if we can keep it tight at the other end. Um, so, Geisley, like Charlie, are still in the FA Cup. And Geisley... Play, it's Geisley, sorry, who play Cambridge at home next weekend. And you're thinking, will they have one eye on that game? That could definitely be to our advantage, but they haven't. They certainly haven't got anything that we should be scared of. The other game, um, in two weeks' time, it's again at Blackwell Meadows, is at home at Hereford. First time we've played them, obviously, since both, both teams have gone back through the leagues. They started off very well in the first month of the season. The first four games have picked up 10 points. However, since then, they haven't won a league game. The only other win they've picked up in any competition was against Truro in the FA Cup. They haven't lost or they haven't um, picked up any wins in the 10 league games since those first four games, which they've only picked up three points. They're certainly the, or the team in the worst form out of all the teams in the division, even worse than Nuneaton and Southport, who are the bottom two. They haven't scored many goals, which, considering our defence hasn't looked the best, should board well to us. They've only scored um, 11, which is the joint least in the division with Nuneaton. Just looking at both the games, while it's only two league games this month, it's a fantastic opportunity. Both games are at home, both against teams who aren't in necessarily the best of form. There shouldn't be anything that we, we should go into them games scared of. And there's no reason why we can't pick up four or six points and just keep the momentum that we've built in October going and pushes on towards towards the top half of the table. The other game of the month, I said this last month with the, or I said this in September with the FA Cup, but this month the biggest game probably could end up being the FA Trophy game. With us potentially looking towards sort of a mid-table, outside chance of a playoff season, the Cups can really be a big thing for us to really step us up as having, having had a good season and to bring in some money. Everything's been well documented about Stites leaving the club, partially possibly down to the lack of an FA Cup run. And the FA Trophy, while the prize money and potential TV ties obviously aren't there, that the FA Cup brings, it's all money for winning one match, two match that we haven't haven't simply done over the last year, uh, couple of seasons. Looking back over the last the two last two seasons since we've been in the National North, we haven't won a game in the competition. We lost to Harrogate last season. Marine after a replay of the season before and even before we came into the National North um, in the 2015-16 season the only game we won in the competition was at home to Mosley who at the time were in the division below us as well. With only three games in this month including the trophy there should be no excuses for lack of training, lack of fitness and it really 
if we get a good draw in the cup as well, it, the, the fixtures that we should be able to press on with uh, this month, and there's no reason why we can't carry on our farm from October. So thanks as always to Simon Hahn for helping us look forward uh, to the month ahead. It looks like it's going to be a quiet month, and as Simon finished off his piece there as well, we've got uh, another cup run, <laughs> another cup run to look forward to. Optimist. Look, exactly. You excited for that one, Kev? Yeah, great. Let's uh, let's get it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not 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 great still, is it, Craig? No, I mean we've been here before. We know what happens. We have our annual game and the trophy. And then we carry on with the league in the same in the same way we do it with the FA Cup. I mean, I don't want to get too down on it because we seem to be negative. But at the same time, I'm not going to get excited about it because I got excited about the FA Cup, thinking it was going to be our year and we got let down. So I'm not going to get excited about any cups whatsoever, apart from the Durham Challenge Cup. Bring on, bring on Stockton Town. Exactly. If we get to the final, Mike, of the Durham Challenge Cup, will you stay at the end or will you leave early? mean <laughs> um, I was told today by the way I'll the final is in the, the finals at Hartlepool's ground oh is it yeah oh that'll be fruity yeah I mean you don't know for certain someone this is not come from anyone who would know but it's just a, a, a fan who goes to the if he goes to all around Northern League games he's fully immersed in that level of football and he reckons it's at Hartlepool this year so um, I don't look forward to if we get, if we get that far ah, very good and has anyone have you got the dates for the FA Trophy final in the, in the team calendar Mike uh, not yet if yeah. we if we win on the twenty fourth, you know it's either we we go out and we go out of the first hurdle, or we win the whole thing, isn't it? That's how it works. So, <laughs> well, we sit here, we sit. But, but yeah, if we up. win on the twenty fourth, I'll I'll uh, I'll start looking at train tickets. Good. You and, know, and uh, and guys, are up first, but probably I imagine by the time most people listen to this, they'll. Uh, well, let's do that anyway. Let's ask for predictions, knowing the fact that by the most times people download and get this far through the podcast, we'll have already played them and they can laugh at us or otherwise. Mike's uh, guysly Saturday score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Darlow 2-1 Darlow Kev uh, I think we'll win 1-0 Craig yeah we'll win but not keep a clean sheet so I will say well, I don't want to copy Mike so I'll say 6-5 no <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll say 2-1 the Tommy Wright philosophy 2-1 2-1 Craig and I'll go 3-1 yeah. there you go I'm, opt- I'm optimist always the optimist uh, so we will see by the time you listen to this you, you're probably already laughing at us we've, we've succumbed to some something or other uh, but what the final thing we've got to do on this podcast this month is actually a bit of news that I think has maybe been long overdue because we've been going to fans forums and we've been talking to David Johnson and John Tempest for a while uh, as well as the guys from the supporters club or the supporters group should I say uh, and one of the things that's been abundantly clear is that the commercial revenue that's coming into the club has not been at the same level as other clubs of our size or stature I think that's been said many many times and just last month uh, the board announced that they'd taken steps to try and uh, changed that by the appointment of, of Craig Morley, a darling lad that many people will know around here as the new commercial director. What do we think about that appointment, chaps, and, and what are you looking forward to uh, from from Craig's stay as well? Uh, I think it's a great idea, first of all, something that, um, that I've, I've believed we needed for a long time. It's the one sort of, obviously, at our level uh, and with the funding that we have available to us most of most of what happens at the club is done by volunteers but there are certain things I think where sometimes you've got to be prepared to spend um, to spend a little to, to hopefully make a lot and certainly commercial is one of those aspects it's difficult to contact businesses if your commercial manager can only work when all the businesses have already gone home for the day so having somebody who can work that nine to five get into those businesses go to meetings and everything I think it's great and you know whatever we're hopefully he more than more than makes his salary 
and uh, and we see a lot more advertising boards around the club, a lot more variance in names on the the sponsorships for match ball and 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 so on. And yeah, I think it's I think it'll be a, a it'll be a great asset to the club, bringing a lot of money. Yeah, it's good, Kev, isn't it? To think we've yeah. got our shop open, if you like. You know, our our opening hours are maybe a little extended. Having somebody there who can yeah. work full time on the area. I I agree with everything Michael said there. Um, I think it's the one position where we've needed to appoint someone for a while. Um, he's having sat next to him twice now on the bus to Williams. He's a confident lad. He seems to know loads of people about town. Um, you know, he's he's already got meetings penciled in left, right, and centre. Um, I'm sure he'll bring in a few bob. Yeah, it's uh, signing of the season, isn't it? Could be, well, getting a bit carried away there, but um, <laughs> he's, he's someone that Downton have needed for a long, long time. It's overdue. It, it is overdue. It should have been done a while ago, really. Um, but he does know a lot of people, from what I can gather, and he's already, I'm not, I'm not sure how much has been announced, so I don't know how much, what names I can mention but at this point, but I know he's, he has already already uh, agreed a lot of deals with different companies to come on board in different ways, I, with advertising hoardings, or sponsoring games, etc. So he's, he's um, been quickly down to it, and hopefully it will continue. Continuing that theme, and furthermore, I mean, fun- fundamentally, we need more Craigs in football. Uh, I mean, there's not there's not enough. <laughs> of it. There isn't enough Craigs in football. It's a campaign I'm starting in the Northern Echo. Uh, it's me, Craig Morley now, and Craig Johnson. He's played for Liverpool. I remember and, him with the perm. Yeah. Yeah, my inspiration. So um, that's well, why it. You like this one then, and the lads know this because gave the lads a lift down tonight. And I went to ring you to see if you could open the gates for us. And I only have two Craigs in my phone book. Go on, who's the other one? Craig Morley. Craig Morley and you. All ah, right, okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a Craig domination. What's so, up? There's Daniel Craig, Spot Liverpool. He's not in my phone book. Craig David? He's not in my phone book either. All ah, right, I'm shoveling now. Um, that's it. Not many more, is there? <laughs> That's it. And I don't think, I mean, people, you don't call kids Craig these days, though, do you really? Why not? It's a bit like, I mean, Why not? who's the youngest Craig you've ever known? I mean, I don't know any Craig that's less than 30. Well, the, 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 the thing is, if they call their kid Craig, then you're just saying, well, he's going to work at the Northern Echo, isn't he? And no, nobody, nobody wants that Craig. I'm trying to think of more Craigs. We're, we're going well off, the tra- <laughs> well off track here, aren't we? This is not yeah. why people listen to the Down podcast. Makes the, well if, this makes, if this makes the cut, <laughs> if this makes the cut, we're in trouble. <laughs> when we get those new analytics and we can see what point people stop listening. <laughs> Craig Charles. Craig Charles from Red Dwarf. Yeah, there, yeah. Anyway, no, no one will ever hear this. It'll be on the cutting room floor, I'm quite sure. Um, but, but maybe, the, maybe it's the blooper that goes in after the closing credits have played. <laughs> But uh, the the best thing I think we can do is uh, is turn it over to the man himself. So Craig very kindly has sat down with us and uh, I had the chance to ask him uh, some questions about his early impressions at the football club and also what some of his plans are going to be for the next few months to help strengthen that brand at his Darling Football Club. And, and here's what he had to say. So Craig, um, welcome to Darling Football Club, even though I think I'm probably not qualified to say that for you. I think uh, we're very grateful that you've come and joined us on the podcast. So tell us to start off with, how, how did you get here? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that, uh, Stuart, uh, kind words. Um, I attended a game against, funny enough, Bradford Park Avenue with a, a friend of mine, Paul Coleman. Um, I don't know, I just sat there free and I said, what are you doing? This is what you're doing. I said, come on in. So we toddled down and um, we were just in the members lounge downstairs before a game and a, a lifelong fan Arthur Thompson came over to me and uh, said to me oh, can you not leave cricket and come here and, and get us uh, get us sorted out and uh, I, I smiled at the time then Arthur asked me for a card um, that was that was about it watched the game um, thought we were pretty unlucky that day could have, could have gone either way with a bit of luck came back in and then um, about five days later David Johnson has, uh, rang me uh, could be 
can we have a meeting? Uh, Arthur had gone and found him with my business card from the cricket club. And that was the start of it. Me and David sat down. Um, I've actually invited him up to the cricket club in one of the lounges uh, up there. And we, we sat, you know, the sun shining, just had a, a general chat. He asked me about my views, uh, you know, what my thoughts were. Um, and obviously having Darlin in my blood, um, it was it was one of them things where you think, is this too good to be true? Um, so I just asked for a little bit of time. We went our separate ways for a while and he wanted to go and speak to fellow directors. And then I met the fellow directors, um, John and obviously Chris Stocktail. Um, then back to meeting David again, then all together. And then we... Um, we got around the table and came to a to an agreement. Very good. So, what 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 was the? I mean, we all we all love this crazy football club here, and everyone who listens to it does as well. But what, what was the attraction of coming to this crazy place to to to, to earn your your employment? Um, it, right from the Feetham's days, you know, I've got fond memories from being eight year old, you know, going there when my father introduced me down there, and I, um, my dad was captain of Darling Golf Club in 1988, so his pals, uh, like you, you remember Ken Rumney, he used to write for the Even Dispatch. They were all his little coffee morning pals, so I, I started getting the bug very, very, very at a very young age, you know, and thought, you know, what a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, watched some football. I remember the first Sunday game against Mansfield Town. You know, no tannoy system, on, a bit ghostly, but we were, you know, we were ambassadors for Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon, sorry, football as well. We pioneered that. Not not many people remember that. Um, it was just, an, you know, um, my boss at the cricket club, you know, he's passionate about cricket. Um, cricket provided me with a living, you know, and I had a job to do and things to unravel and things to sort, which we did and, and made it healthier financially. But um, when you can swap it from a cricket ball to a size five, might a multiplex and your hometown club, there was only going to be one way it was going to go. Very good, very good. Nice to hear. And uh, so you've been here a, a few weeks now, a couple of weeks at least. What, what's your early impressions? What's what's? How would you describe sort of the baseline for where we are commercially, particularly? Um, commercially wise, I, I, you know, um, I, I do read the the, the tin shed. You know, I'm a, I am a member of that, and and I read it, and you know, and you look at some of the postings that are on there. Majority are fabulous. Um, but any successful business, you need a commercial side of it. You know, there's only so much you can put on the supporters. There's only so much you can put on um, the playing side of it that you can provide financially. And, you know, and if you need to cut your cloth, if you don't have a commercial budget with money in there, it only comes out of one pot, you know, which has, has happened this year. Um, so, like, my job, and I've, I'll reiterate this, and I've said it to many a fan that we've spoke to over the last two or three weeks, is... And my job is I'll get it right off the field, you know. Also supporting Tommy and Alan as well wherever I can, and, but we will get it viable, you know, so that when you come the match day experience, like you know what we've done this week, um, we've managed to do it like kind of off the radar, so we can give the fans something to look forward to Saturday to make it like a, a homecoming because th- that's what I've always heard. It's not our home, you know. I've, I've worked closely uh, with Mike Wilkinson of the, of the rugby club and. You know, Mike's been absolutely brilliant with me. Fine, we've sat down, we've looked at things, we've put it into certain sectors, timescales to look at things. And the, f- the first phase you will see on Saturday against Geisley. 
Yeah, so that's one of the first things. I'm just thinking of kind of like short-term priorities, if you like, first of all. So I'm sure there's some stuff that you've come in and taken a look at in the first few weeks and said, right, first first few things I'm going to do at ABC. What, what are those What are those things on that list for the first couple of months in, in role? Um, obviously, the pitch side advertising, you know, I look around it in a club this size, you know, we, we should be have a waiting list for advertising around that board. You know, all the hoardings, um, match day sponsorship, match ball sponsorship. These are the things that we should have you know and when it does progress and I get sat down in there we will be looking like to like so Boxing Day is now done York City sold this Saturday we've got sold as well um, two like local businesses um, Recruit Right are doing this Saturday from Business Central the new office in Darlington we've got a firm from Spennywell which is our still class as local uh, and a firm from Teesside which is sharing Boxing Day so this is what we should have. We should have a calendar where we're actually saying to people, all we've got left is this, this and this, not you know, pick from 20 games. Yeah, and what's what's the reaction been when you started talking to businesses with a Darlington Football Club badge on instead of a Durham County Cricket Club? What are they, what are they saying to you about what we've either done in the past here or what their perception is of, of the football club? I think everyone's, um, the way that they've perceived it is, you know, uh, it's glad to speak to somebody. You know, um, it's just the, the awareness, the communication, Within the in the community, um, that's that's all people want. And Darlington's a very close knit town, you know. And you just got to give people what they want. You know, from a playing perspective, if you're prepared to die for them, they'll love you. They'll applaud you if you get beat. So if we can do that off the field as well, where we give them a, a platform where they can come in, they look forward to coming here. You know, we've got the bars open now at twelve thirty on a match day. We've got Sky Sports on. All the sound systems being upgraded by the rugby club, so you can hear it. Um, you know, there's there's banners, signs now going up where you can see that this, this is our home, albeit for a temporary basis on a on a match day. But it gives you that general feeling that you know we're here, and I want the fans to come here. I don't want them parking in blockbusters, the old blockbusters in the town centre. What they've got to realise is, and this is something I, I will, we will be going very very public on shortly. Um, myself and Ray uh, sat down, but that car park out there that took an awful lot to get to the stage where it is now, fans need to realise that. Parking there isn't feeding the rugby club, it's feeding Darlington Football Club. 80% of the revenue from parking there at £5 comes to this football club. And I think this is the message we need to get out there, that we're not losing everything by being here. You know, So we need people to use that car park, we need them to fill it to make it viable for us. So that we've got a revenue coming off there. The hospitality, yet again, we have a cost on there, but whatever we sell it for... So if your cost is A and your sell price is C, the middle bit B is the football clubs. It's not the rugby clubs. And this is what we've got to portray, that these are the areas where we need to sell out week in, week out, to utilise what we've got here at Blackwell Meadows. Very good. So so come on down. And, and in terms of short-term objectives, then you've got match day experience, you've got the advertising boards, you've got all of those things that you just described there. By the way, Craig, that bit you said that you and Ray are going to go public on shortly. You have just gone public on it, by the way, because that'll be in a podcast. <laughs> well, Ray's following you in shortly, so <laughs> if I grab hold of that computer for 10 minutes, we'll, we'll be on a level. Yeah, uh, so and then as you as you take a step back, you've got all of these things that you're going to try and do in the first couple of months, but then presumably you've taken a look in now and you've got a vision for, you know, in, in a year, in two years, in three years. What, what's that? What's that look like in terms of where we are now? From okay. a commercial point of view. Right, so May the 30th of 2019, Dalton Football Club um, hosting a golf day at Rockcliffe. That's pencilled, done, sealed. We've got a sponsor for the day, um, a very, very large electrical wholesale firm who I'll reveal once we've got everything dotted and crossed 
shall we say. So they're going to take half the teams and do it as a joint golf day. That's one of the events that will make some really good cash for us. Um, if you notice to the right-hand side of the entrance, it's all been now laid to seed. That's a platform to put a marquee up. So we're speaking closely with the rugby club, with Mike, looking at events that we can host here. Um, you know, even from Northern Soul dues, you know, there's a massive Northern Soul sector in Darlington. Um, Ian Glennon, who I play five aside with, with the, the legends on a Monday morning. Um, fantastic DJ, you know, he's saying to me, I'd love to bring something down there, you know. Fine, we'll do that. Uh, sporting events, if we can get gentlemen's evenings on there, you know, in again, in conjunction with the rugby club. And this is what we'll do. We'll utilise what we can get. Could we get a concert on here? It's certainly something that I'm looking at. There's some contacts I have in London that are music promoters. Um, working again with Mike, no promises, but this is what we're driving for in the long term. You know, we should be having a firework display here. You know, so prior planning, we'll we'll get it. We'll start creating a calendar of events in conjunction with the rugby club. Very good. So lots of opportunities is the message there, isn't there? Lots of things to go explore. Lots of things to go and work out whether they're feasible or not. But but there's there's uh, there's ideas and plans there that you've got already clearly. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Mike this week. I've got um, two businesses that are wanting to use Blackwell Meadows to hold host meetings. Uh, one's weekly, early morning, and another's um, a learning school that want to use the, the facilities on a night to enhance people for the GCSEs, which is, you know, is fantastic. The firm that want to use the facilities here on a night have also pledged a £1,000 to us and took up a large advertising board in the, in the tin shed as well. So these people are putting the money where the mouth is, um, you know. So if we can create revenue from bringing people to use the facilities um, with the rugby club, you know, it's only going to go one way. Very good, very good. And uh, what that, that's a, a good question. I often think of, and we get lots of we get hundreds of listeners to the podcast from time to time. If you were, what would your message to to a local business in Darlington be? And the reason I asked the question is because, as you said earlier, one of the things is you're going into places and they're saying, "Oh, it's nice to hear from you." So let's t- let's assume that there's maybe a decade where people haven't been talking to businesses in Darlington. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've got a local business, or if you ha- if you work for a local employer and you've got somebody who can open a door to someone in the management position in a local business or something like that what's that sort of value proposition sound like what's that message to people in local businesses in darling what would you like them to hear well when david first when we first sat down around the table and he said to me what would your vision be and i said well my vision be is ultimately you want to gain league status again so all these businesses that are in around darlington if every one of them that we approached contributed either in a board and signage match day uh, even academy sponsorship you know, ball sponsorship all of that, if you put it into a pot um, and you work out, I worked out the boardings around the perimeter would probably bring us 40,000 of net income. You know, that's massive when uh, you're looking at playing budgets. Um, David's got some plans that, you know, where he wants to go with to make us self-supporting. I, I totally agree with that, but it, it's not hard, you know. Um, I was looking at something the other night. Burnley have a population very similar to Darlington, yet they attract 17,000. Yes, I know they've got bordering... Um, cities around them but if, if we could get to like 2,000 1,800, 2,000 you know that would be our our goal that we would hit that budget that, that David uh, was expecting yeah and if I uh, again if, if I'm if I'm a business owner here what, what what's in it for me you know if I've got a local business in Darling what's in it for me to come and support Darling Football Club with, with some sponsorship or some match day stuff or a board what you know what, what, what am I going to get out of it well I, I think it's a, a pride thing as well that you know that um 
you might only be a season ticket holder. I'll give you an example. Um, a really, a, a really good friend and likable character I've spent many an evening with, many a football game with, is uh, Brad Woods, a technocopy. Brad's season ticket holder, sits in the far stand, you know, the seated stand. And um, I walked into the Imperial Express to, uh, for a meeting the other day and Brad was there and he says, I know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'll come and see you. And he went, yeah. So it's just a case of that. These guys have been to Wembley, you know, they've been to Scunthorpe, you know, in the playoff of 3-3, which was the most nerve-jangling game I've ever been to. But they've all got their memories. So I think these guys, they are positive, but you, you, I think you've, you've just got to relay on their memories of the good stuff to get them back into the, into the stadium with sponsorship as well. Because... Um, you know, I think the, I don't think the good times are, are, are too far away. You know, I think we've managed to build something that's now on concrete. You know, so we've got great foundations, and my view is the only way up. And anyone that speaks to you, or anyone that speaks to me, if if there's a negative vibe, I change it round into a positive. You know, so Leamington was disappointing. Yeah, um, two nil up. Um, we could have lost it three two, got away with the draw, but stats say you're unbeaten. You go to Bradford. Absolutely annihilate them, you know, for 20, 25 minutes, and yeah, they peg us back. Then we have a penalty. Okay, luck wasn't with us at that, that moment, but then we get other opportunities, so we keep going. Um, so to, to me, like it's that old cliche, the glass is half full. And if anyone tells me it isn't, I just, you know, I just take it on the chin and turn it round and say, well, look, we're now four games unbeaten. And if you'd asked any Darlington fan when we were going through that rough spell, would you accept a four-game unbeaten? Run of two wins and two draws, they would have they would have chewed your arm off to keep that result. So positive, very good. So that's a positive message from Craig Morley, Darlington's new commercial director. And if you are listening to this, you want to get in touch. If you go to uh, the website, all Craig's details and information are online. Craig, thanks for joining us on the podcast, and all the best for this weekend, particularly with all the changes that you put in place for the match uh, against Geisley. Thank you, Stuart. So there you go, that was uh, Darlington's new commercial director, Craig Morley, who all of us here at the Darlow Fans Radio podcast wish all the best to in his uh, in his ventures in the, in the coming months as well, and certainly got all of our support here, Craig, as well. So that's about it for us for this month, uh, a better month, thankfully. Thanks, as always, to uh, to the boys here in uh, down at the Darlington and District Talk and Newspaper Studios. Uh, thanks to Craig. Uh, thanks for being with us, Craig. Thanks to Kev, and also thanks to Mike. And we'll be back uh, with you, hopefully bringing you news of uh, more points in the bag and an FA Trophy victory. Uh, but but don't blame us if that doesn't happen. <laughs> so that's all. Thanks, thanks, guys. Final thing, I always say, if you get the chance to uh, drop us a review on your podcast app of choice, it would be most appreciated. Cheers, guys. See you next month.